Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast from Discovery Church. Our hope is that this message would help you seek truth and find purpose. If you would like to know more about Discovery Church, please check us out online at mydiscoverychurch.ca. With that said, let's go to this week's message. I'm so excited to be sharing with you guys this morning. Uh, It being Mother's Day and all, it's kind of like the classic way to kind of get the pastor's wife in there to speak. So uh, I don't know if Lauren actually thought that I was serious when I told him that I would, but here it is. Here it is. So this morning, I actually want to speak to you guys uh, a little bit about uh, a little snippet of the Old Testament. Now, I don't know about you guys. This is not my favorite part of the Bible to be hanging out in. All the names, you'll see me mess up a few later on. Um, yeah, so here we're going we're gonna to dive into a little passage here that talks about baby Moses. Um, so Moses had been born in a time when Pharaoh was in charge of Egypt. And uh, Pharaoh was a little bit insecure about his position when he started seeing the Israelite population starting to grow. Um, so he decided that his solution would be, let's get all those male babies who are going to rise up possibly and take us all over. We're going to throw them in the river. So that was the command. Kind of... A little bit too much in my opinion, but hey, that's what was happening. So Moses was actually caught being born right at this time. So his future didn't look too too bright. His mom was able to actually hide him for about three months. Now, if you have been around infants for very long, they're pretty quiet for a while. But around the three-month period, they start to get loud. They start to tell you, okay, mom, I'm here. I can express myself a little bit. So Moses' mother had a little bit of a struggle keeping him hidden anymore. So she had to actually go along with this command and had to put her baby into the river. So in helplessness, this is what she ended up doing. But Moses was found by the princess, Pharaoh's daughter, and she ended up rescuing him. As the story goes, Moses ends up going back with his mom to be nursed for a while, and then the agreement that was made with Pharaoh's daughter was that when he was weaned, was no longer needing his mom, um, he could come live at the palace as her son. So he ended up being adopted as an Egyptian prince, And as Moses grew up, he then became a little bit more aware of what was going on outside the palace. So he's he's a Hebrew man, and he's actually seeing the Egyptians beating and working his people to death almost. So he actually had a moment of weakness and killed a man. He kills a man. Pharaoh gets a little ticked off about that and basically puts a bounty on his head. So Moses has to flee out 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 of the area and ends up settling down in a foreign land. All while his people were still bound in slavery. So we're going to actually go right to Exodus 3. And this is the point where Moses is out in the field, you know, just having a chill day, taking care of the sheep. And God comes to him in a burning bush. So we're going to look at, uh, start with Exodus 3, 7. And this is a conversation that he's having with the Lord. I've seen the suffering of my people in Egypt. And I have heard their cry of the men who are making them work. I know how they suffer. So I've come down to save them from the power of the Egyptians. I will bring them out of the land to a good big land, the land that's flowing with milk and honey, the place of, you ready for it? The Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the, this one sounds like parasite, um, Hevitite, have, hot, and Jezebite. So now the cry of the people of Israel have come to me, and I, I see what the power of the Egyptians used to make it hard for them. Now come, I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. Have you ever walked through a season that feels a little too big for you, like it doesn't fit you? Like maybe someone else would be better for the job? 
Sometimes uh, those kinds of seasons make us feel unprepared, make us feel um, like it might even be something that you didn't even want. Maybe it's something at work that you've been given, maybe this huge task or this huge project that you'd really like to accomplish, you'd really like to do really well at, but you honest to goodness have no idea how you're going to pull it off. Or maybe you, you or a family member have been given a diagnosis of an illness that you just, the doctors aren't really giving you a whole lot of hope, like not a whole lot of treatment there. Seasons change and new ones come our way, but sometimes we're not prepared for what we're about to step into. You know, motherhood was one of those things that I never really gave a whole lot of thought to as a kid. I knew I'd like to ha- have a family. I'd like to get married and have kids someday. I actually loved kids, spent a lot of time in, in kids' ministry as a kid, uh, as a teenager myself. But I really didn't understand what it would mean to be a mom and actually take on that role as a mother until we had Hudson. Having Sophia, we were just one more person in the house. Lauren and I, we basically take team most everything. Um, so... With Sophia, if one person had to be up with her, the other person could still sleep. Like, you could still get done what you needed to get done. We were able to, we worked together, and we were able to get the rest that was needed, and we were able to continue on with work and ministry and friendships. So with a tiny, like, a couple little adjustments, we were actually, to, actually able to carry on pretty closely to the way that we did before we had kids. Um... So when I went back to work after Matt leave, Sophia went into childcare, and I went back to work, and it just, it looked, it was great. And then Hudson came. And while we were really excited about this little family of ours growing, uh, Lauren and I were both constantly on duty, because our kids have energy. Yeah, they have energy. And, and I'm sure that the kids, I, I honestly, I, I'm sure that they talked it out at night to make sure that both of them woke at the same time so that the little scheme that mom and dad had so that one of the parents at least could be resting. No, both of us had to be up. So we walked through another mat leave and with me being home with the kids for a year and then I transitioned back to the pastoral position that I was in before, uh, I was was happy to get back to work. Um, But then we had to actually find childcare for both kids. And it was a five or six month struggle for us to find childcare that actually our hearts were content with. We tried a couple of different situations and it just caused more chaos in our home. The juggling of our schedules just so we could just barely get our work done. The season for us just didn't feel right. It felt as though there was a change that was needed. And now looking back at it, I can see that God was stirring something specifically in our hearts. And that was the piece of the puzzle that was needed in order for the rest of our story of that season to unfold For those who know me well, know that I love to work with people. Uh, During that time, I was actually working with youth at at the church we were at, and my heart was so full when we were able to actually establish a youth drop-in center in the um, East Millwoods area. But in order for us, for me to actually run that drop-in center, I needed to physically be there. And with a growing family, my responsibilities and my passions were kind of conflicting a little bit. I was facing with the ending of a season that I was loving, and the entering into another. The season of having a second child for me had completely thrown me. I still had so many things in my heart that I felt that God was wanting me to do. And sure, I had a family, but I was going to figure it out. I had decided what my primary role was going to be, what I was capable of. But I hadn't fully accepted the role that God had for me. And to be honest, part of the reason that it was such a conflict for me was because I was being stubborn and I was being disobedient. I justified and I made excuses. I pushed and it was exhausting. 
I mean, come on. I went to Bible college. I volunteered at kids' camps and drop-in centers, interned at a variety of churches in Ontario, and I worked at government group care agencies for at-risk kids. I gathered up all the experience that I needed in order to run this drop-in center. But now our family season was forcing me to make a decision that I was feeling unprepared for. Staying home with the kids? Is this for real? Our season became full of uncertainty, and staying at home with the kids was just not, my, not part of my plan. I mean, to each their own. I have tons of friends who love being at home with their kids, but it just wasn't something that I felt was natural for me. I had all kinds of excuses for why this wasn't going to be a great idea. I felt unequipped to be a stay-at-home mom. You see, I've been wired to work. I've been wired to do, to get things done and get them done well. Since I was a kid, I'd pushed myself to excel. And so if I brought home a test that had 85%, I'm not sure if Ange is in here or not, but what our parents would say to us is, where's the other 15%? So while that's kind of cute, and, and thanks, Mom, for the encouragement and all, the intentions of my parents, it wasn't for them to, like, knock us down. It was literally for us to see that, hey, if you'd maybe taken a, another little bit of time to focus, you could have done a little bit better. They wanted to push us in a positive way. But the way that I internalized that pressure on myself was actually, if I was going to do anything, I needed to do it well. I need to excel at it. But that's also the beauty of education. I can take the time to learn something, to practice it, get experience, and then I can excel. Education has this way of making us feel more confident as something that we set out to accomplish. Seasons of change, transition, guilt, or grief, sorry, Sometimes those spin us in a direction where we're not actually wanting to go. And in some seasons, we don't excel according to how society defines it. Some seasons bring us to face ourselves, face our personality traits, our weaknesses, and all the yuck that we got going on inside. It's areas of our lives that we weren't dependent on God for, areas that we need to submit So here I was after a season of running around after my dream and establishing this drop-in center for for the youth there. Um, My role was being changed, and it was without my permission. And I felt like there was too much that I still needed to accomplish. I had my own own plans. And yes, it included a family, but at this point, I hadn't prioritized that role, the role that had been given to me before. I was fearful that I that staying at home, this would be the season that I wasn't going to excel at. That I'd come to realize that I'm not such a great mom after all. And well, of course, like there's books and workshops and all the experience from friends, but I mean, I still get frustrated when I can't check off my to-do list. The lack of sleep was wrecking me. Alone time with Lauren was being hard to find. I mean, how in the world am I supposed to do this well? It just does not feel right. Sounds kind of funny, but the idea for me, for um, idea of staying at home with the kids sounded more like a prison sentence than a blessing. And in my mind, I'd be losing my freedom and losing part of my identity and purpose. Isn't that awful? That attitude in my heart? As though the season that I was walking into, the season that God had already placed me in, was a mistake because it was inconveniencing me. That's embarrassing to even share with you. For a long time, 
with the kids, I would just wait for nap time and bedtime. Like, okay, I can get stuff done when those kids are sleeping because when they're running around, like I just, just try to get through the day. I love my kids, but I tell you, when we were when I was going through the grant applications for the drop-in center, like that was my that was my focus. I just need to get those things done because it was something I could check off. I had a natural drive to excel. And this role as a, as a full-time, all-day mom, it's just something I just couldn't get the hang of. I couldn't find the joy in. So I poured my energy into things that I could excel in. And no matter how hard I tried to feel like, okay, I can get, I can get a handle on this. I can be the stay-at-home mom. Everything told me that, hey, this is just not, this is just not you. You're not, just get it in your mind. You're not going to do well with this. So I started asking God questions, much like Moses did. Who am I to be staying at home with these kids? That's the job of those super moms out there. I'm going to mess them up. Why am I feeling so intimidated about this? I mean, Pinterest makes it look so easy. But there's, and I still felt like there was a better solution and that this was not my plan. But I mean, the plan that was presented to Moses, that wasn't his either. He fled from Pharaoh in fear that he'd be killed, and now God was saying, I want you to go back there and force Pharaoh's hand into releasing the Israelites. So the, verse, uh, the words in verse 12 that spread truth all over those concerns, though. But Moses said to God, Who am I to go to Pharaoh to bring the people, out of, out of, uh, the people of Israel, Israel out of Egypt? But God said, I will be with you. No matter what season we're in, God is with us. You could literally be on top of the world today. God is right there. And today, this might be the first Mother's Day that you've had without your mom. So in the deepest of lows, God's also there. He's in the midst of your confidence, and he's in the midst of your deepest insecurities. You see, if we keep digging into Moses' story in Exodus 4, the next chapter, we see Moses is continuing this conversation because he didn't just jump on the opportunity to obey. He had to first list all of his insecurities and all of his excuses to God. But Moses, in chapter 4, first one, but Moses protested again. What if they don't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, the Lord didn't appear to you? Then the Lord asks, well, what's in your hand? Moses replies, it's a shepherd's staff. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw it down, and it turned into a snake. Moses jumps back, well, of course. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it, and, turned it, and it turned back into a shepherd's, shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord said, and they will believe that you are the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has really appeared to you. See, God is not intimidated by our insecurities and feelings of inadequacies. And before Moses even had a chance to get another excuse out of his mouth, God gives him another confirmation that he's going to prove himself to Moses and the people. I find it so interesting that it's Moses' story doesn't actually start right here when God starts having this conversation with him. It started when, when he saved him way back in the river, when the princess pulled him out. God had a plan in mind for Moses long before he even set step in that palace. He had a plan in mind, even though he made mistakes, even though he killed a man and then fled. Even when Moses couldn't recognize what God had placed in him, God still had a plan for him. Moses' insecurities began to rise. What if the people this? What if the people that? Insecurities were paralyzing him, causing him to not obey. 
causing him to step away from the destiny that God had for him. And our insecurities can paralyze us. But our obedience and trust in God, that's what will plant us right in the middle of God's plan for us. What insecurities might be paralyzing you today? Maybe you feel like you lack faith or you lack the faith that God is even willing and able to work through you. Maybe you feel your mistakes are too many or too much for God to work out. Maybe like me, you are stubborn and disobedient for a season. See, our insecurities get in the way of what God wants to do through us. When we submit to our insecurities, we breathe life into a lie about ourselves. The lie that says that we're not strong enough, we're not good enough, and we're alone. But the God who created us in our mother's wombs, he made us in his image. He made us on purpose, he made us with a purpose, and he calls each and every one of us to walk in that purpose. Here at Discovery Church, that's one of our mandates. We want each and every person that comes through our doors and everyone outside just to find what that purpose is, that potential that God has placed in them. We've even designed something called Next Steps, and it happens for four sessions right after every service. If you attend, you'll learn a little bit about what discovery is all about, why we were planted, but then you'll have the opportunity to dive into what it is that God's placed into you and to learn how those giftings in your personality actually has a part to play in your everyday life. It's essential for everyone to discover the potential that God has put in you. There's, there's too many distractions, too many reasons for us to focus on our insecurities. And, but when we discover how and why he made us, we're able to walk confident, confidently and joyfully because we walk in the purpose that he has for us, not what the world suggests for us. I believe that some of the reason that Moses was so hesitant to take on the, the task that God had for him is because he hadn't discovered his purpose yet. He was so overcome by fear and focused on his insecurities that he couldn't connect with the thought that God would want to use him. He had given, God had given him a task, but he kept coming up with excuses. In Exodus 4, you'll see that he, he says to him, God, I, like, I can't speak well. Like, I have a stutter. This is awful. How, how in the world am I even going to be able to speak to Pharaoh? Then the Lord says to Moses in verse 11, who makes the person's mouth? I can almost hear God's tone. Who makes the person's mouth? Who decides, who, who, uh, who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not, see, uh, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you. Speak, I will instruct you in what to say. But again, what does Moses say? He pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. So the Lord became a little angry with him, rightfully so. All right, he says, what about your brother Aaron? I know he speaks well, and look, he's on his way. The task that God has for us, the season that he asks us to walk through, is not dependent on our strengths and abilities. He doesn't ask us to do something and then leave us hanging. God is faithful to equip what he gives us, the season that he gives us. God saw the, the potential in Moses even when Moses didn't because God placed it there. God wants to partner with us and he sees the potential in each and every one of us, even the potential that you can't see. But he also sees our insecurities. He also sees our weaknesses. And guess what? He wants to use us anyways. He promises that he will provide what is needed and he told Moses over and over again, I will instruct you in what you will do. 
the Bible is a great place to look for examples of guidance and instruction. Also for, to see examples of his faithfulness. There's so much truth to be found in a Bible. And this morning, if you don't have a Bible, just let us know. You can go right to the guest center after the service, and we would love to give one to you. God did not give Moses a full detailed plan, but he promised that he would have everything he would need. The Bible is full of God's promises. And sometimes we feel like we're just not enough. And I mean, that's normal. That's okay. The truth is, for God's supernatural plan and promises, we're not enough. The beauty in partnering our lives with the Almighty God is that he makes us strong and he makes us able. It doesn't mean that we're going to get it perfect every time or that we'll even come close. It will require faith. It will require obedience. But he is faithful to provide what is needed in order for us to walk out our promise, what is, walk out our purpose. Sorry. The Bible gives us these reminders. Like if you're lacking in self-worth, we need to find our identity in God. John 1 12 says, yet to all those who did receive him, to those who believed on his name, he has given the right to become children of God. We are sons and daughters of God. If you're feeling lonely, he's with you. Psalm 16, 8 says, I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. If you're experiencing a lack of peace or anxiety, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication for thanksgiving and thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. The more we fill our hearts with God's truth, the less validation we need from others. The less we'll compare ourselves to others. And the less that we'll find ourselves focusing on what we lack, and then we can celebrate in what he's doing through us. We have, we have his promises. They are with us. We just need to be reminded of them because we're quick to forget. Just like Moses needs to be told over and over and over. But God equips us for the season that he brings us through. He gives us tools. The staff that God talked about in Moses' hand, if we read a little further in chapter 14, we'll see that that's the staff that he commanded Moses to reach out over the, the Red Sea. And that's when the people escaped from Pharaoh's pharaoh's um, bondage i mean what do you have right now in your hand what tools do you have that you're not using what tools do you need that we need to pray for in order to walk in obedience for me i needed to pray for joy and i needed to pray for peace i remember chatting with god one morning and saying okay god if this is what you want our families to do i mean this is this is not feeling natural this is not feeling right but I'm, I need your perspective. I'm going to need your joy. I knew that my get-or-done personality would be slowed down. And even now, Hudson doesn't nap, so I'm down two or three hours a day. That's how I like to put it. I'm down 12 to 15 hours a week of productivity. And that's hard on a task-oriented person. But for a season, that's just where I'm called. And the joy that God has given me in being at home it's now helped me. God has opened my eyes to see the things that I wouldn't have recognized and found joy in and being more hands-on with my kids. Stepping in, into obedience for me had completely shifted my perspective on being a mom. And I honestly can now see that he's reprioritized the desires that were in my heart. God also gives us people. We can see that Moses was talking about how he felt weak in speaking And so God said, fine, I'll give you Moses. God gave him a person. Godly friendship is essential 
and doing life alone is unnecessary and quite frankly, it's unhealthy. God didn't intend for anybody to do life alone. And that's the beauty of the church body like Discovery. There's so many unique and wonderful people right here in this room. And if you're walking through something difficult, when you're in relationship with other people, they get to hold you up when you feel weak. See how I said they get to? That's because it's an honor to serve others. In community, in godly relationship, we serve one another. And that means we don't pick on one another's insecurities or weaknesses to feel better about ourselves. Because I know that if you're walking through something big right now and you need me to point out the potential that God has in you and to show you the beauty that he's placed in you, in a few months, I might need that too. And that's the reciprocal relationship where we serve one another selflessly. And I believe that that is a true picture of sacrificial love that God intended for a church like Discovery to participate in. I need you and you need me. That's how it works. And if you're lacking brothers and sisters in Christ and godly relationship, guys, they're right here. Find yourself in a small group. Take steps. And that literally might mean something as simple as sticking around for 10 or 15 minutes just to say hi to someone. It might mean finding a place in a local church just to serve so you can be around people that enjoy doing the similar things. Relationships, they don't just show up. They take time and they take investment. God sometimes brings us through Seasons of life that cause us to feel unprepared and kind of out of our element, out of our plans. Craig Rochelle says that your chapter one will strengthen your chapter four. Meaning the season that you walk through right now actually will strengthen you for the season that you'll walk through in, this, in the future. There's no experience, no mistake that you've made. None of what you've already walked through is going to be wasted. We are all human. At the core, we are weak. We're faulted, and on a daily basis, I mess up as a mom and a wife, royally sometimes. But for sure, I have an abundance of more, more joy in being at home with those little monkeys. And I see the blessing it is now in having my coffees cold because Hudson wants me to fix his train. I have to reprioritize what is needed for me to focus on right now. My heart, though, is full when I can see the relationship that I've been able to develop with my girl. For me, accepting the new season that God brought me through meant not just making room in my life for a season, but submitting my plans over to him. And the result then is life that's more freeing and more joyful because I'm living in his plan now. The neat thing is, when I look at it a little closer, The plan that God had for my kids was for them to have a more accessible mom. So my obedience actually opened up that to them. I'm still me. I still feel like being a mom, a wife, church planter sometimes just feels a little too much. And I don't feel enough at times. But that's when I just come back to God. Get in his word. And I'm reminded of his promises. And recognize that he didn't call me to this place. To this season without giving me tools in my hands. He helps me see the joy that's in the relationships that we have around us in this church and in our community and that we're not alone. He doesn't want us to walk around like we uh, walk around as though we are alone. We can't change the seasons that we walk through right now, 
but we sure can change our perspective. This morning on Mother's Day, I recognize that there are mamas here with babies with a variety of ages. So you may have walked, you might be walking through a new season right now, or maybe as a mom, you've already, you've already done that and your kids are now out of the house. Sorry. All of us, if you're a mom or not though, we all go through seasons that we just need a reminder of God's, of God's presence. Thanks for taking time to listen to this week's message from Discovery Church. If this ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Please email us at info at mydiscoverychurch.ca. 